Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And we're going to start off over in Ireland with a story emanating with respect to Katie Taylor. Uh, as we all know, Chantal Cameron defeated Taylor uh, back in May, their first, uh, her first professional uh, defeat. And uh, the pair go toe-to-toe once again uh, in November, uh, taking place in Dublin. And Taylor is quite confident she can exact revenge on the unified light uh, welterweight champion, claiming that resurrection is built in my mindset and my DNA and dismissing any thoughts of retirement. Katie Taylor's claim resurrection is in my DNA as as she seeks that revenge. Uh, On November 25th, the Irish fighter suffered her first professional defeat uh, back in May, as I said. Uh, Cameron defeated uh, Taylor on home soil at the three uh, arena in Dublin, the majority decision. Uh, it was labeled as the Irish Stars long awaited homecoming, by the way. Uh, but Taylor, was also known as the Brave Bomber, uh, said she was thankful that she has another opportunity to challenge for the light welterweight titles and is keen to write a different narrative when she steps next into the ring. Every single fight is a must win. I'm very aware this fight is a must win fight. Uh, she said during a pre-fight press conference, I'm very grateful to have a chance to rectify things and get things right. At the end of the day, resurrection is built into my mindset and in my and is in my DNA. I've been here before, not as a pro. I know how to come back strong. Uh, the pair will square off once again at the th- uh, Three Arena in Dublin in what will be the only second time Taylor will have fought in Ireland. Good for her. All right, let's move on to uh, Josh Warrington who says he thinks he can knock out WBA featherweight champion Lee Wood this Saturday night when the two fighters meet at the twelve uh, at a 12-rounder uh, at the Sheffield Arena in Sheffield, England. This uh, article coming to you courtesy of Boxing247.com. Warrington, he's 32, nope, 31, 2 and 1 with eight knockouts. Isn't known for his power, but he did knock out Kiko Martinez last year to capture the IBF 126-pound title. So if Warrington can knock out Martinez, he should have enough power to stop the 35-year-old Wood, who's at 27-3-1, by the way, who doesn't have uh, the best mandible, apparently. Given that Michael Conlon was about to hurt Wood, you can't rule out a knockout win for Warrington, especially if he roughs him up. This will not come as good news for my friends over in Nottingham. Anyway, Wood recently recaptured the WBA title, beating Michelle Delara by a 12-round damage decision last May in their rematch. In their first fight last February, Lara knocked out Wood in the seventh round. In a clever room by Matchroom Boxing promoter Eddie Hearn, he quickly set up a rematch after just three months, taking advantage of Lara, having been uh, living it up, celebrating his victory and gaining weight. Lara was stripped of his WBA for coming in heavy at the pre-weight weigh-in and wasn't allowed to make weight. Wow. Uh, Ade Aladipo said, Do you expect Lee... Or do you predict a knockout in this one? <laughs> Lee Wood. Yeah. I've been uh, ringside for the last two fights. I don't believe the people who he's been hurt by hit as hard as me. And at the same time, are as calculated as me. So they might land a few shots. But are they good finishers? Have they got good setups? I don't think they have. I think Mauricio Lara is a big puncher. He's not calculated. He doesn't know what to do. He's not a great finisher in the sense that he gets hurt and he knows what he needs to do to set it up, but he rushes sometimes. I don't believe, uh, I believe I'm one of the biggest punchers in the division. Not only that, I can set up and I'm calculated. So there you go. Some uh, words from Lee Wood for our fans in Nottingham. Uh, 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a heavyweight fight, screams the headline in the Bleacher Report. Reports trickling out of Saudi Arabia over the last few days indicated that the rival heavyweight title claimants Tet Tyson Fury and Alexander Yusik will put their respective baubles on the line in a long-awaited unification fight on December 23rd or early next year. And Fury has confirmed the fight on his own Instagram account. He's been in the kingdom prepping for a non-title fight against ex-UFC heavyweight at Kingpin Francis Nagano. That's scheduled for October 28th in Riyadh. Yusik, meanwhile, in several weeks removed from his most recent title defense, a ninth-round TKO for Daniel Dubois, in which he was dropped by a body shot ruled a low blow by referee Luis Pabon. The two have shared space atop the big boy division for uh, more than two years since the Ukrainian, a former undisputed champ at cruiserweight, climbed the ladder to defeat Anthony Joshua on Joshua's home turf in England. He repeated the, he repeated the feat 12, 11 months later in the Saudi city of Jeddah, about 600 miles southwest of Riyadh. The prospect of the two champs meeting set the uh, combat uh, uh, reporters ablaze uh, and promptly an early head-to-toe uh, breakdown in which is being looked at with respect to boxing ability, defense, punching power, and certain X factors. So what do we need to but know about this fight? With respect to what's at stake, simply put, the heavyweight domination. Uh, their, heavy, their achievements have put Fury and Yusik at the top of the sports traditional glamour division, and the bout is even more riveting because neither has lost in a professional ring. Uh, Fury toppled longtime running champ Vladimir Klitschko in 2015 before a prolonged hiatus due to his personal issues, and then returned for an unlikely vanquishing of Deontay Wilder across three fights, two wins, one draw, from 2018 to 2021. He defended twice since completing the trilogy, beating Dillian White and Derek Chisora into submission in combined 16 rounds. As for Yusik, he completed his own four-belt dominance at Cruiserweight in 2018 before rising to defeat Chaz Witherspoon, TKO, seventh round, and Chisora in, uh, in, uh, uh, to earn what? To earn Joshua the title try. Oh, to earn Joshua uh, a title try. So he's 5-0, Music's 5-0 with two, two KOs, the heavyweight, and 16 straight wins with 12 KOs before the jump. And the winner will become the division's first undisputed champion since Lennox Lewis, that great Canadian boxer, in 1999. With respect to the tail of the tape, you might have, uh, quite frankly, let's have a quick look here at the tail of the tape. Gypsy King comes in at, uh, as I said, 33-0-1, 24 knockouts. He's 6 foot nine. 268.75 pounds, and his reach is 85 inches. Stance orthodox. Yusik, he's nicknamed the Cat, 21-0, 14 knockouts, 6'3", 221 pounds, reach 78 inches, and he's a southpaw. Uh, with respect to boxing ability, let's see what the guys at Bleach Report say. Yusik is hardly a small man at 6'3", and 220 pounds, but expect much of the run-up to this fight to suggest his path to victory involves far more nuance than savagery. The crafty southpaw uh, was worlds ahead of Joshua in spite of perceived disadvantages in height, three inches, and weight, 20 pounds. He was able to initiate exchanges and avoid replies with superb hand speed and footwork, using angles to bamboozle a fundamentally inferior foe and ultimately securing a mental victory that preceded the official one. Uh, Fury could use the, those dimensions to stay at the, on the perimeter behind a jab and make it almost untenable for Usyk to get near him with meaningful punishment while raining down impactful combinations of his own. Or 
if you operate in a similar manner to a second fight with six foot seven, 231 pound Wilder, he could fight off the back foot, step forward, and look to bombard his smaller opponent without compunction. Either way, it seems a difficult road for Usyk to travel. Advantage, Fury. Now, with respect to punching power, this one's going to be good. Uh, they're combined, uh, let's see, 38 knockouts and 54 professional victories. Nevertheless, Usyk nor Fury is lauded first and foremost for power, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Usyk was never in one place long enough to receive powerful volleys from a bigger and presumably stronger Joshua, but he wound up being the fighter closer to stoppage victory more often across their 24 rounds. Uh, his individual blows aren't particularly devastating, but he amplifies their impact with superior precision and speed. Fury, thanks to his gargantuan size and ill-ring temper, can find success when he decides to be the bully in the ring. His second fight with Wilder was a remarkable example of big man brutality featuring a pair of knockdowns before the end came in round number seven. He can dump an opponent to the floor with a single blow or batter that same rival into physical uselessness over multiple rounds, which is, again, a significant obstacle to overcome. Advantage, Fury. Well... There you go. Some news uh, coming your way, courtesy of the writers at Bleacher Report. And uh, let's move on to see oh, a big fight coming up November 25th, one that I'm looking forward to. David Benavides will go into the ring and face Demetrius Andrade. Um, that's on Showtime. And, and as a sidebar to that, I, I read also that Showtime is going to be shutting down their boxing division. Uh, and uh, the guys over at PBC are uh, quietly looking for other broadcasting opportunities. So I think I'll have to contact Al Heyman. Anyway, Benavidez, the current WBC interim super middleweight champion, is widely viewed as the division's top challenger to undisputed super middleweight champ Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Benavidez, 27-0 with 23 knockouts, has an aggressive crowd-pleasing style and generally seeks to break down and stop his opponents inside the distance. 32-0 with 19 knockouts, Demetrius Andrade is a two-division world champion who, prior to turning professional, represented the United States at 2008 Beijing Olympics. And like Benavidez, Andrade has for years been seeking an opportunity to face top-tier competition. For Andrade, long-sought bouts with fighters include uh, Triple G, Jamal Charlo, Jamal Charlo, and Canelo, but they've not yet materialized. So Benavidez and Andrade currently find themselves in a similar point in their careers. Both are eager to prove themselves against the sport's best. Both feel at the same extent being avoided throughout their careers by their top fighters. And both men have had difficulty securing big fights despite performances consistently demonstrating that they have each belong, they each belong in among the sport's elite. Both men, despite their efforts to secure the biggest fights possible, have received criticism for not having faced top-level competition. So this one seems like a great fight uh, for both men, and I look forward to it. Other fights upcoming? Uh, coming up soon, actually. I believe this is coming up in a few days. Gilberto Ramirez will look to rebound and reset his career on Saturday night when he makes his cruiserweight debut against former light heavyweight titleist Joe Smith Jr. Uh, this bout will headline a Golden Boy Promotions card at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. And it will mark the first time Ramirez, he's 44 and 1, by the way, 30 knockouts, will be fighting since suffering a unanimous decision loss to Dimitri Bivol back in November and blowing weight on the day of his March weigh in against Gabriel Rosado, forcing his fight to be canceled altogether. He said, I feel great at cruiserweight. This is typically the weight I've walked around my entire life. I feel much stronger in this class. And most importantly, I feel healthy. 
dealing with the bivol loss was a really tough one. I, it hurt my soul. It hurt my ego as a warrior. And now that I've been able to move past it, I want to come back even stronger and I want to win. I feel like I can do it. As we all know, the third-year-old Ramirez, he's from uh, Mazatlan, Sinaloa, Mexico. He's a former super middleweight title holder who didn't capture light heavyweight crown during a six-fight stretch from 2019 to 2022. So let's see what happens uh, this upcoming weekend. Elsewhere, ah, yes, something I mentioned the other day, Ryan Garcia steps back between the ropes later this year uh, following his pay-per-view KO defeat. Uh, pound for, over pound for pound star Javante Davis last spring. Garcia makes his highly anticipated return in a collision of knockout power against Parel Mexico's Oscar Duarte. The event occurs on Saturday, December 2nd, is scheduled for 12 rounds in a super lightweight division. The promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, who had words for boxing in general yesterday, looks forward to showcasing Garcia before another mammoth pay per view in 2024. Said De La Hoya, this is one of the reasons fight fans love Ryan. Instead of taking a baby step back after a hard-fought fight, he's returning against a guy with lethal power who doesn't take a step backward. Whoever emerges victorious is immediately in line for a shot against any current world champion. Uh, fans aren't going to want to miss this one. And at only 25 years old, by the way, uh, King Ryan Garcia has skyrocketed to the top of superstardom. He really has. He's got a massive following, and he's proven that he's in the supreme pay-per-view attraction category. Right on. Okay. Let's move on uh, to our last uh, article of the day here, headlined, Tantalizing Super Fight Between Canelo Alvarez and Terrence Crawford Makes, quote, Perfect Sense, end quote. This is courtesy of TalkSport.com. Canelo Alvarez and Terrence Crawford are both coming off dominant victories, but with Bud challenging the Mexican ace, will we see this cross-division mega fight soon? And if so, who wins? Boxing rarely gets these opportunities when the sport's biggest global superstar, Canelo, and pound for pound, number one, Crawford, are just about in touching distance when it comes to weight and able to face off in the ring. Um, it has happened before. We might recall Floyd, May May Floyd Mayweather moved up to take on Oscar De La Hoya. And, uh, and after Alvarez dismantled Jamal Charlo, he announced uh, Canelo versus Crawford is the biggest fight in boxing. Uh, we also might want to take into consideration Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk, which I just mentioned, uh, with Usyk moving up from uh, cruiserweight. Anyway, so let's have a quick look here at the, the Canelo versus Crawford possible mega fight. Let's have a look and see what they say. It indicates the 33-year-old uh, just wanted to bask in his victory after his victory over uh, Charlo, rather than rule out a future Crawford showdown. Despite the three weight divisions between them, it's actually a contest that makes perfect, perfect sense for both fighters, even beyond just the hundreds of millions of dollars on the table for it. Alvarez boasted, nobody can live with this Canelo. As fully fit again, after his surgery, he laid a beating on Charlo. It clearly annoys his proud warrior after his defeat by Dimitri Bivol at 175 pounds. And then two uninspiring wins, he has slipped down the pound-for-pound -pound rankings. There are two realistic ways Canelo can put himself back in contention for that number one spot. Either defeat Bivol in a rematch, a tricky challenge, given the larger Russian may just always have his number style-wise or become the first man to beat Crawford on a, a smaller, older boxer who's never fought above welterweight in his life. 
Option two looks far more achievable. And while some in the Canelo promotion business might worry that a Crawford contest is a no-win fight, where if the Mexican is victorious, people will say it's simply because he's bigger, but if he loses, it's a humiliation. Alvarez surely sees it as a winnable fight. After all, the super middleweight king just took apart the undisputed light middleweight champ. Uh, why should he fear the undisputed champ from a division below that? Crawford won his first world title at 135 pounds and at 36 years of age is not naturally getting any bigger. For Bud, the appeal is simple. If the KO of Spence sealed his status as a modern great, leaping up three weight divisions to beat the 168 version uh, of Canelo would make Crawford an all-time great. Despite riding an uh, 11 uh, fight knockout streak across 140 pounds to 147 pounds, Crawford would be, unlike, would be unlikely to put a dent in Canelo's iron chin, but he has other weapons. The slick, smart, versatile switch hitter would back himself to outbox any opponent even close to his size. And while Canelo looked very good against Charlo, he still likes to fight his own methodology methodical pace he will always have problems against truly elite fighters with accurate jabs and superior footwork he lost to mayweather a welterweight like bud albeit that was raw weight drained canelo rather than a mature filled out version of 168 pounds so there you have it fight fans all the news fit to print today thank you very much for joining me appreciate it remember to like share subscribe hit that notification bell and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m eastern time when i join mike gore for his show knuckle up